This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We just discussed the announcement of a new federal program meant to give job training to help fight climate change. Let's turn now to an Illinois law with similar goals, the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act, commonly known as CJA. Now, the law passed two years ago this month, but the progress and rollout has been lagging. Here to discuss is Jacob Sitati, the Director of Policy and Advocacy at Chicago Jobs Council. Good to have you here, Jacob. Thank you. Delmar Gillis is the Chief Operating Officer at Elevate. That's a national nonprofit based in Chicago, working to make clean energy accessible to everyone. He's also the Chief Equity Negotiator for CJA. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. And Senyo Ador is also here. He's the owner and co-founder of CES Energy Eco Solutions Enterprise. That's a Chicago-based clean energy upstart. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So, Delmar, we'll start with you. You were there in the room negotiating CJA. So remind us, what are the law's goals and uh, has it delivered any of them? Yes. And uh, once again, it's great to be on. Um, from the standpoint of CJA, a lot of what I did was work on the equity components of the bill. So in short, what the bill is really trying to do is to make sure everyone has access to clean energy uh, across the state of Illinois, and that includes the jobs and the program benefits. So that can be anything from solar to energy efficiency to creating workforce development opportunities. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I want to go to you next, Jacob, because I'm, I'm curious what's keeping the state from accomplishing its clean energy goals. Um, so Why are we lagging? So thank you. Thank you for uh, having me here. And I'll begin by making an analogy, okay? You remember back in 2010, um, a very ambitious plan was set out in federally for healthcare, the Affordable Care Act. And when they finally passed it, it was great because of what it was going to accomplish. Mm-hmm. However, during the implementation phase, Remember, we had a lot of growing pains, a lot of teething issues at the beginning, and then eventually it started picking up. So I'm not trying to say CJ is as big as the Affordable Care Act, but I'm trying to kind of draw that analogy because what has happened with CJ is if we look at it objectively, you know, when this passed, immediately the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. right? And then the pandemic happened, and then uh, DCEO, which is the state agency, which is pretty much in charge of the implementation process, uh, we're also undergoing a lot of changes, you know, those tough changes and uh, you know, all that going on. And and so, and, and let's be honest, CJA, for example, speaking on the workforce development components, which is what CJC, my organization, is focused on, on the po- uh, is so ambitious and has a lot of great things that folks like Delma uh, were, 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 were instrumental in negotiating in making sure it was in the law, that now getting the system to catch up and make sure implementation actually happens, yeah. that's what's happening. So it is it is working, not as fast as we would have liked. There are challenges, there are hurdles, but that's what we are trying to do. So we actually hold, uh, uh, my organization, we're part of the accountability side of things, mm-hmm. making sure that this is actually happening because we want it to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we can't transition from, from coal to clean energy without a trained workforce, right, yes. Delmar? Right? And then the state's job training program, that won't be up and running till next year. I mean, so why the delay there? The what Here's what I would say is, once again, uh, similar to Jacob, I am definitely a glass half full kind of person. And when you start looking at kind of where things are, There is progress being made, and I think that's something critically important to talk about. 
when you start looking at what the legislation does, especially around equity requirements, you have organizations like Livewire, which is a black-owned solar company Mm -hmm. that is hiring, that is growing, that is bringing resources online to assist in making sure that these jobs are available. And they have seen significant growth and are looking at opportunities. From the standpoint of the training programs, there is a lot of activity. Uh, The RFPs have recently been received by DCEO. They're expected to be making awards on the training locations across the 13 hubs across the state. So the good news is that there are a lot of opportunities out there. The incentive dollars are out there and we're already starting to see pipelines where black, brown and woman owned businesses are starting to get these opportunities. But as Jacob mentioned, it is gonna take some time. There are some growing pains. And most importantly, I think everybody has to remember that this is nation leading legislation. Illinois is doing something that has never been done before with this large focus on equity. So there's a lot of excitement, but it's also going to take a lot of time to get everything in place. Let's bring you in, Senyo. Uh, You started your company the same year that that CJA was signed into law. How have things changed since then? So that that was a coincidence, by the way. Was it? Yes. Um, But... I think the the main mover for me, you know, starting the company was uh, I had an opportunity to um, attend COP26, um, the Paris Agreement, where a lot of the global energy initiatives were spelled out. I understood those would trickle down to different countries, particularly the U.S., Mm -hmm. and that would take form in federal regulation and state regulation and policy. Um, So as CJA rolled out, uh, to Delmar's point, it was some of the most progressive policy that I'd come across, and that's globally. Um, But because I have maybe a... I've been exposed to the the global gestation process in terms of policy and implementation. I have a higher threshold for pain, so to speak, in terms of how long it takes for the programs to hit the ground. So in the meantime, uh, while I started my business, I identified, uh, you know, appropriate workforce, competent workforce as a threat in my SWOT analysis. Yeah. So if I'm going to you know, participate in, in, in this ecosystem, um, what, what do I have to do? I need to act fast, right? So the idea was to, whether funding was available or not, I have 17 years of experience in energy, start training people hmm. immediately. And I think the, the program and the legislation and the funding will catch up to that. So yeah. part of that is the policy leaders kind of setting the tone and then the actors on the ground um, taking some initiative as well. So, I mean, your threshold you're saying is higher, but uh, it would impact your business if CJA was had made more progress toward its goals. Absolutely. I mean, more, more funding helps everyone. But, yeah. but I think that there's a, a collaborative, a participatory kind of spirit. And, um, you know, with what, I, what I've experienced personally, um, one, as somebody that's provided training, and mm-hmm. two, as somebody that has received training, um, I feel like the ecosystem is is starting to take form and, and build some strength. Jacob, let, let's talk more about the, the promise of CJA. I mean, what opportunities do you think the law offers to people and communities in this state, and how can we realize them? I, I, I think that is the most important piece of, of, of CJA because if you think about it, the folks who are being displaced because the economy is changing, Jobs are changing. The workplace is changing. The areas where job growth will be highest 
are in all the areas that CJ covers in clean energy. The workforce that's going to be needed, the folks who have been marginalized in the past, the folks who have been left out mm -hmm. as systems have been evolving and changing, the folks who, when industry and when the, 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 the um, jobs were leaving, the communities who have been left behind, these are the communities that CJ is focusing on. If you look at how the 13 hubs have been selected, mm -hmm. where they've been selected, if you look at the kind of training programs, the pre-apprentice programs, trainings, uh, uh, RFPs that went out, the uh, energy navigator training, the barrier reduction funds, for example, that are being added to help those who are going through training. So it's such an ambitious program, and that is the opportunity that's there folks will benefit from the jobs that will be made available, but these are jobs that are creating opportunity because of the pathways that come with that, the training that you get, the availability to just not get a job that leaves you in one place, but you get a job that allows you to progress economically because there are pathways, because clean energy, I mean, it's endless. The opportunities yeah. are endless, you know? Help us understand the role that um, energy consumers play in this, Senyo. Well, I mean, I, I think... Um, from a consumer standpoint, the yeah. most exciting piece to me is the energy sovereignty piece, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you talk about sovereignty, you know, you underscore self-determination and, and thinking of infrastructure that is traditionally something that is thought of as, as out of our control, being brought back into our control, whether you know it or not, as a consumer, you are contributing to the program. Just look at your bill, right? You look at your bill, you have the RPS, you have zero emissions, you have energy efficiency programs, you are participating. So um, why leave that value on the table? Go after the programs, implement them. Not only do they help your bottom line, but they help the environment you live in. So, so Delmar, when, when more of our power comes from renewable sources, people will see energy bills decrease? Yes, that's ultimately the objective is to see what we call their energy burden decrease because the percentage of your income that you use on energy, you really want that to decrease. So things like free solar that comes from the Illinois Solar for All program that's part of, of CJA, things like the energy efficiency work where hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent on low-income housing will help lower the cost of your rent, help lower your energy cost. There are also programs out there, as Senio mentioned, on the job side. Uh, if you go out to the Illinois Power Agency website, they have what's called the Workforce Equity Portal. And if you are a what's called a, a, a equity eligible person, uh, it connects you with the solar jobs that are currently available. Mm. All of these CJA programs that I just mentioned are active now. The big piece that's being worked on that's really going to bring a lot of excitement when it goes live is the workforce development hubs across the state. And that's the piece that rightfully so there's a lot of passion around. So I want to ask you all this. In your opinion, what should the state be prioritizing in order to reach CJA's goals? You first, Jacob. Um, to be honest, we have to acknowledge the challenges that have been there, right? Because when we're not trying to push those under the rug. We, we acknowledge them, yes, there have been challenges. But what the state is currently trying to do by making sure the DCEO, the agency that is in charge of the implementation piece, I think for me the priority becomes uh, if DCEO can continue with the new 
energy that they have in getting programs out, rolling programs out, and ensuring that participation and information and the feedback loop that we're giving them, they're responsive to that. I think that would be my point. Delmar? I have one word for you. It's jobs. That's the most important piece. When you look at the uh, Illinois Jobs Council, when you look at what Elevate's trying to do, when you look at what organized labor is trying to do, it is important that we focus on black and brown businesses getting access to the literally billions of dollars that this program is going to be investing in the state. So I go back to jobs. That's the biggest priority. Senio? I would say education, you know, because um, for for the participants in the CJA programs and the beneficiaries of the CJA programs, it's important to understand where we are in the process in order to kind of properly gauge, um, you know, your response to the to the program itself. So uh, the more we socialize these topics and the more we make them, you know, water cooler or tabletop conversations, I think the more prone we'd be to participate. Yeah, well, I mean, sticking with you for a moment, Sess Energy is relatively new, but yes. you started your career decades ago in fossil fuels. So I'm curious what advice you have for others interested in making that switch. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a cleaner switch, no pun <laughs> intended. That then then it lets on um, a lot of the infrastructure. It, there is parity there. Um, some of the technology you have less moving parts, less motors, um, so it's easier. You know, for that transition, coal workers, um, fossil workers particularly are extremely handy. We have we see folks from. Uh, the roofing industry, the carpentry industry, the electrical industry, plumbing industry, they, they're all able to kind of make the transition. I think um, question, I guess, is around sustainability, right, long term. Yeah. And I think that there's some exciting programs that are um, following the solar programs that, that would afford that as well. So I'm, I'm excited just in general, and I encourage those that um, started out in Fossil to consider the switch. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about delays in CJA's rollout, but Illinois does rank sixth in the nation in clean energy jobs, right? And you, you recently visited one of the nation's largest uh, solar farms downstate, Del Mar. So talk to us about that, that visit and what you saw and, more importantly, what you learned. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, I recently went down to the Double Black Diamond Project, which is in Sangamon and Morgan counties on that border. Right. Um, it's going to be the fourth largest solar implementation in the country. And what I'm really excited about and the reason I went down there was to make sure that brothers like Senyo and his company have access to opportunities there. And I had the opportunity to go with the team from Livewire, which is the largest black solar uh, implementer in the state of Illinois to discuss opportunities uh, on this project. And so a lot of what I was going down to see was to make sure CJA was fulfilling its promise of equity and access. And I just want to mention that it's really exciting to be talking with these two brothers about solar equity and access to the clean energy economy. That's ultimately what we fought for in CJA. Yeah, we're all smiles in this video. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of giddy folks here <laughs> talking about clean clean energy. Last word to you, Jacob. Um, I would say this is an exciting time, and we want people to 
take advantage of the opportunities that CJ will create. And we are all, uh, myself, Senor, you know, Delma, we are watching and making sure that implementation is happening. We are working with the agencies to make sure this thing rolls right along. So good, good things ahead, good things ahead. We'll leave it there for now. Jacob Sitati is Director of Policy and Advocacy at Chicago Jobs Council. Delmar Gillis is Chief Operating Officer at Elevate. And Senyo Adora is owner and co-founder of Sess Energy Eco Solutions Enterprise. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much.